welcome to the Interviewing Artists series. This podcast is dedicated to interviewing undergraduate studio art students at the University of Guelph in partnership with the Juried Art Show and Kaleidoscope Magazine. My name is Colleen Alcorn and I am one of the Juried Art Show, or JAZZ for short, volunteers for this year's 53rd annual exhibition. Today we are recording in Guelph, Ontario, which is situated on treaty land that is steeped in rich Indigenous history and home to many First Nations, Inuit, and Métis people today. We acknowledge the Mississaugas of the Credit First Nation of the Anishinaabek peoples on whose traditional territory we are meeting. So, welcome Nevin. How are you? I'm good. I'm happy to be here. Wonderful. Um, What year are you in in studio art? Um, technically I'm in my third year, but I'm a little bit behind, so I'm doing a lot of second year courses, so it's kind of like a, an in-between, a mixture. Right, right. Second nice. and third. And are you taking this as a, uh, minor or a major? I'm a major. My major. minor is in philosophy. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. Um, <laughs> okay, let's dive in. Um, can you describe yourself and your practice a little bit, just, uh, to give the viewers a a brief history or brief brief synopsis of what you like to do? Yeah. Um, So I'm very, I think, interdisciplinary is the right word. Mm -hmm. Um, I like to try a lot of things. I like to hyper-focus on certain mediums for Mm -hmm. a period of time and then (laughs) maybe revisit them or maybe never revisit them. Yeah. Um, I like to write everything down so I don't forget it. So it becomes like, everything I do is kind of part of my practice. Um, so I like pull inspiration from kind of like my very ordinary everyday life because I use it, um, to kind of improve my memory, um, and remember how I'm feeling and what I'm thinking. So it just kind of all becomes part of it and all eventually just turns into some kind of art, I guess. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that you you like to hyper-focus on a medium or two. Um, is there a, a certain medium that you're focusing on right now? Um, I'd say right now I'm really into sewing mm-hmm. um, and getting um, like thrifted fabrics and blankets and just turning them into whatever I can turn them into. Um, that's it for now, I think just because school has started. So I'm kind of more focusing on what I'm taking this semester. But I was really into like rug making a while ago. That one was cool. Still in progress, Mm -hmm. I guess. Um, And yeah, I always am drawn back to like marker sketching. And um, I don't really know what you would call that. It's like very graphic art, Um, just like solid lines and a lot of color. Mm-hmm. is where I always kind of circle back to. Right. So that's like kind of like your natural, what you're drawn mm-hmm. to. Um, cool. What are some other mediums that you've worked with in the past? Um, I've worked a lot with painting. Um, not so much anymore, I guess, because um, I felt really burnt out from my last semester, so I'm taking a bit of a break. Mm-hmm. Um, I also really like working with pastels. Um I really like sculpting with clay, like ceramics work. Mm -hmm. Um, Right now I'm trying to get into work with someone um, who works in a glass blowing studio. 
Oh, that's I want to learn how to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I do really like, um, building stuff like woodworking, but that's, I think I would consider that more of like a summer activity when I can do it outside. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. How, how do you think the pandemic has been affecting, uh, a, both your creative process and also, uh, the like physical limitations of, like you said, how woodworking is something you more so do in the summer when you have like, you know, when it's warmer out and stuff like that. Um, are there other limitations that you've found challenging, um, throughout the pandemic? Yeah, I would say that space is a big one. Um, I've kind of gone back and forth from living in my hometown and living um, in the place that I rent in Guelph, um, mainly because my place in Guelph is very small. And when I initially decided to move there, I was under the impression that I would have access to the studios and be able to work there. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it ended up not working out. And I tried to work in that house and it was really tough. So I moved back to my hometown, um, living at my parents' house, living with my boyfriend, just kind of trying to figure out where I have enough space to do stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was a big thing that was hard to kind of overcome because I was used to having so many different spaces to work in, um, just with like a creative atmosphere. Um, It makes it easier to work on stuff for a long time if you like get out of the house. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a big one. And aside from that, I guess initially when the pandemic happened, I was like, Oh, I can spend so much time on art. Yeah. Um, I don't have to work. I don't have to go to school. It's going to be great. And that lasted for like a week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I yeah. Like, yeah. I felt like, um, like burnout with, um, lockdown and, pandemic kind of happened way faster than I was used to it. So I've also had to figure out the balance between something that I used to do in my personal life because I enjoy it. Um, and then doing nothing because now I have so much time to do that, that it felt less fun and more of like an occupation that was like a chore for me to do. So I think the balance of both of those things and like having a good workspace was tough, but I, I think I've got it figured out. (laughs) That's good to hear. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's something that a lot of people can relate with of, of all of a sudden you have so much time on your hands. And Mm -hmm. uh, I, I know personally, I definitely felt that a similar burnout. Um, Do you think the, um, the pandemic and, you know, dealing with new, new lifestyles and for a lot of people, um, different emotions and different feelings and, you know, like just having to find community and different, different spaces and things like that. Um, do you think emotionally, um, the pandemic has had an effect on, uh, the subject matter that you create? Um, yeah, I think it definitely does. Um, one big thing being that usually I'm very inspired by my classmates and like working Mm -hmm. Um, at the same time as other people and being able to like bounce ideas off of them and like talk to them about their technique and like just like while being in progress um, and working on something and not being able to be in the same room and show people and talk to people 
um, has definitely changed how my art kind of works itself out because Mm -hmm. I I've had to learn to just like trust my own ability to know if my, what I'm making um, is successful and if I'm doing it properly and kind of like trust my own ability to figure out a technique without being in a room with other people who may be experiencing the same problem, but also may know how to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And I also have found that, especially with online classes, um, there's less of like a, like a brainstorm class where everyone like sits around the table and talks about what they're doing. Mm -hmm. That's definitely something I really miss. But at the same time, I feel like it ultimately has made me more confident in my initial ideas because I've learned that I don't necessarily need the advice from my colleagues in order for something to be successful. Whereas Mm -hmm. before I felt like I really did. Mm -hmm. So um, I think overall it has really made me grow as an artist um, just because I trust myself more. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, Yeah, no, that's really cool. I think, I think that's something that a lot of artists miss is that um, to kind of bounce back off one another and definitely the inspiration that comes from um, other classmates. I totally, totally resonate with that too. Um, I guess we didn't touch on this at the beginning, but also what, what subject matter do you tend to, uh, to create? Um, I don't know. I, uh, I'm really drawn towards art that is very reflective of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of that stems from initially me thinking that I understood myself and then kind of realizing I didn't as much as I thought I did. And then yeah. kind of working towards figuring out, um, kind of who that person is and what that person enjoys, um, on their own without in, like outside influence, um, or without people like telling me this is what I think you should do. So I think when I started with, um, kind of figuring out what I like to make and what I'm drawn towards, it was definitely me trying to create an identity for myself Mm-hmm. And I think that's also where the writing everything down came from. Mm-hmm. Like when I would write down how I'm feeling initially, as soon as I felt it, it kind of brought everything together in the same space where I could see correlations between things that I felt. And it wasn't just like an immediate feeling that I would later um, forget. And I think that has, that's kind of stayed with me for a really long time and it just keeps developing over time. Um, and I think it's kind of important, um, not just making art about myself, but making art that I feel is reflective of who I am. Um, and that when you see it, it kind of tells you mm-hmm. and it speaks for itself because I, I find that I have a hard time um, sort of explaining that and communicating it but if I'm able to put it into something it tells the viewer or at least I hope it does um, mm-hmm. and yeah and through that I just I've kind of developed that into 
not necessarily explaining who I am, but figuring out what I enjoy and then continuing to make that um, and having it kind of speak to this is who I am and this is what I enjoy. Um, and one thing that's really developed like since I've started in the program mm-hmm. is my love for performance art. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Which is, um, to me, when I think about it, it's a really strange concept because I never thought of myself as someone who would like to be in front of people um, and to perform. And I kind of realized in that, that I just like, I like to do things that don't necessarily make sense to other people initially, Mm -hmm. but when I do it, the whole story and the intent behind it makes a lot of sense to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And it makes people think, and I I really like that since the rest of my art is about me, that kind of art can actually be me. So it just kind of translates Mm -hmm. really nicely together. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would like to work on that independently more. I do a lot of that for, I've done a lot of my performance for classes and I would like to build that in my own practice. Um, But I think I have a lot of growing to do before then. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Performance art is also something I, I never really even knew about really um, before coming into the program. Um, But I've also found it very interesting I personally have not done uh, a performance work myself, I don't think, but I love watching it. And definitely that, that aspect of not really knowing as a viewer what is happening is very intriguing. Um, yeah, so that's, that's neat. And I encourage you to, to go with that because performance art can be incredible. Um, so I know you're talking a bit about um, how your art portrays identity and self-discovery and themes like that. Um, would you say that um, would you say that you kind of use art and sketchbooks like uh, like a journal almost? Yeah, um, definitely. Um, when I show people. Um, like my sketchbooks that I um, I carry them with me like every day um, at all times and I always have my favorite pens with me so mm-hmm. I can communicate exactly what I feel when I feel it and then move on mm-hmm. um, so when I show people that I definitely feel like they are looking at my journal or like reading my diary yeah. so it's all very personal um, but at the same time it all makes sense to me, but I know it might translate to them in a way that they, it relates to them. So mm-hmm. when I communicate my experiences through art and when I consume that art, it brings me back to those specific experiences. But when a, when a different viewer consumes it, it speaks to them for what they're experiencing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, I don't, I don't know exactly what I'm trying to say. <laughs> um, okay. It's like a, it's kind of like they take from it what they need at the time. So yeah, totally. even though it is like a personal, um, like a, like a diary to me, 
it's also to other people, someone telling them that their experiences are also experienced and Mm -hmm. that the way that they feel is also felt by other people if they relate to it. Yeah. So even though it is quite personal, I like sharing them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I think I find a lot of beauty in that. Um, I know I've personally looked at at some of your uh, sketchbooks and definitely found um, that, that, um, that relation to it and that um, familiarity. Um, And I think it's really beautiful, exactly what you're saying, how something so personal to one person can relay differently to another. And it's exactly um, what they need and like they interpret it how they interpret it. And that's, that's the cool thing, how everybody interprets the human experience differently, but we're all experiencing similar things. Yeah. Which is um, a very beautiful thing that art can do. Um, Mm -hmm. I guess my next question, I know you you touched briefly on how um, classmates um, you get a lot of inspiration from, um, but I was just wondering what and who else uh, you find inspiration from for your work? I mean, so when I first started the program, Mm -hmm. um, my first class, art class that I took that wasn't um, a first year, like foundation class, Mm -hmm. um, was Diane Borsato's Mm. Experimental Studio. (laughs) Yeah. And I would honestly say that it was life-changing. Yeah, she's a good Um, one. Yeah, definitely. Because I I went into that class um, kind of thinking that there was a really specific way to make art and that in order for it to be interpreted as art, um, it had to be made kind of following almost like a formula. Um, Mm -hmm. Like when I I had the idea that when you make something physically, um, it has to be certain things in order for it to be successful and being in Diane's class um totally (laughs) like completely got rid of that idea for me um the first one the very first assignment she ever gave me was the bring a kilometer to class Mm -hmm. um and it was like so vague and it had like very little instruction I was so frustrated by it because I had no idea what to do um Mm. And I kept asking her, like, if I do this, like, is that right? And she was like, no, (laughs) don't do that. It's too much. And I, I, it like blew my mind. I was like, how am I supposed to do anything for this class? (laughs) If it's not supposed to be, if it's not supposed to be something I make, like, how am I supposed to do that? Mm -hmm. What I ended up doing was um, I took a picture of the bottom of my feet and when I was in my house, and then I went for a walk down the sidewalk in the snow and the gross mud and salt um, without my shoes on. Oh, wow. Um, in January <laughs> um, of 2020, I think. Um, and I, I went for a full kilometer walk and I got back to my house. Um, and before I even stepped inside, I remember I sat on my porch with my feet like in the air trying not to like lose any of the mud on them um (laughs) i took pictures of it 
Um, and I felt terrible about it because I was like, this is so not something like she's not going to like it. It's like not enough. Mm -hmm. Um, and I brought it in to class and she loved it. Um, and it really like solidified the idea to me that as long as I think that something is enough for me to believe in it, then that itself like makes it art. And if I put Mm -hmm. the energy into doing it, um, so I'd say since that time, um, like a year ago to now, like that very specific beginning of that class completely changed who I was as an artist. So I would say I can attribute a lot of what I am, um, and what I make and, just my inspiration to Diane kind of giving me the freedom to mm-hmm. do whatever I thought I wanted to do. Um, so I'd say she is definitely one. Mm-hmm. Another artist that really inspires me um, is every single thing that Marina Abramovic <laughs> has ever done. Um, <laughs> Cause she's, perf- she does performance. And I think, um, I think everything she's ever done is so incredible. Um, so I, cause it's all really out there and I mm-hmm. want to be really out there. Um, and everything she does really explains who she is as well. So I, I always kind of, um, drift towards that for inspiration. Um, and aside from that, I'm not really, I'm not really sure. Um, like I'd, I'd say a lot of my inspiration also just comes from my own experiences Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone in my life. So like my family and my friends, my professors, people I work with, um, because I do try and take inspiration from everything I do in mm-hmm. my life. So, yeah. Well, yeah, that's definitely a, a good practice to, to find inspiration, um, and a source of creativity from, from any experience really. Cause I think there, there always will be, um, inspiration, um, if you're looking for it. Um, but yeah, experimental, I definitely agree. That class totally changed who I am as an artist as well. Um, and what you were saying about how there's a formula for art before coming into, into Guelph's studio art program. I totally agree with, um, I had a, had a conception of what art is and it was very like fine art painting, you know, realistic portraits, stuff like that. Um, and experimental studios definitely flip that upside down. Um, so that's mm-hmm. nice to hear that other others have a similar experience with it. Uh, Diane's a wonderful professor <laughs> and artist and yeah. inspiration. Um, yeah, that's great. Um, I think it's lovely that you, you try to find inspiration wherever you can, because that's definitely a, an important thing as an artist. Mm-hmm. Can you speak a little bit about some projects that uh, you are most proud of or that, um, yeah, that you're most proud of? Sure. Um, so I, uh, I have this one sketchbook um, that it's, I guess it's not actually a sketchbook because I didn't draw any art directly in it, but um at the end of my first year of university, um, I actually started 
in criminal justice and public policy. Um, and I thought it was interesting, but I didn't, I wasn't passionate about it at all. So by the end of my first year, I hadn't taken any arts courses and I kind of, you know, I, I just, I'd graduated high school. Um, I moved like really far away from where I came from and was like really ready to redefine myself Mm-hmm. Um, with like the university experience. Um, and at the end of my first year, I didn't, I didn't feel like I had. So I kind of had this disappointment in myself that, you know, I, I thought who I was was because of who I was surrounded by. Um, and I was kind of afraid of getting trapped in that because I had left everything that I thought I was being influenced by. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still felt like that person. So what I did was I took all of my art that I had made in my entire high school career, like grade nine to 12 um, and everything I'd made during my first year when I was still feeling really kind of lost um, and uninspired. And I took all of it and I pretty much cut it up um, and I took it all apart and I um, like cut out subjects and cut out backgrounds and all of it and I put it into a big pile and then I wrote these notes to people that I feel like I had some kind of regrets towards Mm -hmm. um and I put that in the pile too and I took this big leather bound book um that I had that I bought for something and never knew what to put in it because I thought it was was too nice to be uncertain about what was going in there Mm -hmm. um and I took my cut up past artwork and I put a collage on every page Hmm. of just pieces of things that I'd made in the past. And the whole intention behind it was I was kind of trying to convince myself that anything about me that I didn't like or that I didn't think was good enough um, or that I had, but didn't want anymore like pieces of myself and I turned it into something that I really liked hmm. and that I was really proud of. And these letters to people who I no longer spoke to, but felt like I had regret, regrets towards, I put those in there too. And I kind of turned everything from my past that I'd been dwelling on into something that I can look at and revisit and think like, this is incredible that I made this with, mm-hmm. with things that I didn't like. Um, cool and pieces of myself I didn't like and I still have it Mm -hmm. um it's like the the thing that I am most proud of that I've made in my entire life um my goal with it eventually is to scan it and then have it be a printed book Mm -hmm. um because like I had mentioned before um when I read it I know exactly what it's talking about but when someone else reads it um Mm -hmm. I feel like they apply it to their own experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think um, I did it all in like one weekend and it's the <laughs> only thing I worked on. And I don't think I slept like at all. <laughs> it took like 40 hours. Oh, wow. um, my whole, like my dorm room smelled like glue. It was awful. <laughs> but um, yeah, I put it all together and um, I haven't added on to it at all since mm-hmm. that day. When I finished it, I kind of shut it and like put it away. Yeah. And I was like, 
this is the beginning of me turning into someone who I want to be. Hmm. Um, and then I, I went to the bachelor of arts counseling office and I <laughs> said, I want to change my major. I did it, <laughs> like right after I finished That's it. cool. Yeah. And then I did, and I don't regret it at all. Um, and it, it makes me, um, it's helped me not regret wasting any time on anything because mm-hmm. I kind of learned from it that no matter what I spend time on or what I do, like none of it is lost because I can mm-hmm. always turn it into something that I, that I like. Wow. So. That's cool. <laughs> That's a, a good story. And I'm sure, I'm sure. I mean, I don't, I don't think I've seen that personally, but definitely something I would love to see. So I encourage you to, to scan it and make it into a book. That's, that sounds really interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think any time is a good time to start over. And yeah, I'm, I'm very glad that you are in the art program. Um, <laughs> <Me too. laughs> um, I was wondering um, if you had any um, social media or Etsy pages or anything, any places where uh, listeners can go to to check out more of what you make. Um, yeah, so I have my... Um, I have two Instagram pages. One of them is um, kind of like a mixture between me and like what I do at school. Um, that one is at N-E-V-V-A-A-N. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have an art page where I post like just little stuff that I make and things that I sew. <laughs> and that is at Unspecified Smiley. Mm. Um, yeah. Great. Great. Um, yeah, listeners, please check out Nevin's work. Um, I can vouch for it. It is quite fantastic, especially, <laughs> especially her, the little drawings that, that you were talking about uh, in your sketchbooks. I, I love those. Um, okay, so thank you so much for, for talking with me today. Um, loved, loved hearing more, diving in a bit, bit more into your brain and how how your creative process works. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you Um, for having me. Yeah, of course. Thanks for listening to the Interviewing Artist Series. Check us out on our website at juriedartshow.ca or on Instagram at juriedartshow. Original music by Cam Hind.